Welcome to the Fitness Journey Podcast with Wesley Bear. If health, fitness, nutrition, and personal development are an interest of yours, you are in for a treat. And always remember, the pain you may feel today will be the strength you feel tomorrow. Enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to the Fitness Journey Podcast. This is episode number 23. And today I have with me Gabby Mail. Gabby is a health coach, a business coach, um, but more than anything, there's one main focus that I loved when we first talked, and that was focusing on the internal, focusing on your internal happiness as a person. And she's going to go in depth with you guys about how she's done that with her clients, how she's done that for herself, and how it's made her very, very successful. So make sure if you do get the chance, uh, leave a review. Let us know what you think of the podcast and uh, stay tuned for this episode. Welcome back to the Fitness Journey Podcast with your host, Wesley Bear. Today, guys, I have with me Gabby Mayo. Gabby, how's it going? Going good. I'm excited for Christmas. I'm actually leaving to go home after we get off this podcast. So I'm excited to drive three and a half, four hours back to Ohio to be with my family for a couple of days. Are you guys big Ohio State fans or... I grew up, I was actually born in England, so my whole family's British, and we're big soccer fans, like soccer's always been the sport, but as I've kind of obviously grown up in America, my brother went to Ohio State, so yes, like obviously it's there, but I'm not a huge, I'm not like a diehard Buckeye fan like most people in Ohio are. I just had to ask that because every single person I feel like that I've met that was born in Ohio or has lived in Ohio are diehard Ohio State fans. Yes, <laughs> and they're yeah. wild. Like they live mm-hmm. and die Ohio State. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And my boyfriend's actually a Michigan fan. So it's kind of interesting. Ooh. Yeah, it's totally different. Um, well, I, I want to get down to it and I want to kind of, I want to learn a little bit about your fitness journey. Um, that's the main point of this podcast. But if you can just introduce yourself a little bit, uh, maybe your experience through fitness and um, anything really interesting about you to the audience. Yeah, of course. So obviously, my name is Gabby Mail. I'm 22 years old. I just graduated from the University of Kentucky back in May. So I, I actually graduated and I did not get like a normal job. I went full time into my own business and coaching and um, kind of just expanding. And that's been a, a journey in itself, being an entrepreneur and learning how to be your own boss and actually stick with it. And And yeah, but I mean, so much has happened to lead me up to that point, because obviously, you can't just I mean, a lot of people do nowadays, but you can't just be a fitness coach. Like a lot of people who are coaches or have Instagrams or whatever the case may be, all of us have been on journeys. All of us have been through stuff. And then we want to relay that to our clients and teach people. So for me, it all started like back in high school, I played soccer and I've always been athletic and I've always loved sports and just being active. So when soccer ended, I knew I needed to stay in shape somehow. So I I went to the gym and my brother showed me how to work out. And obviously he's a boy and he showed me how to lift. I never really did cardio because I just, I played soccer and that was my form of cardio. So I really got into lifting and I I loved it. Like I just, it was something different and it kind of gave me goals and it made me super determined and it was just different. And I was seeing progress really fast because I had never been on a consistent gym routine. Um, And as most people I think do in the fitness industry and when you get into a fitness journey, if you don't do it correctly... Um, you get very, very obsessed and you get very just you're way too focused on the aesthetics and focused on the goals in the sense of what you look like, what you want to weigh. And I was just so focused, especially I was a senior in high school. So like for me, I just 
I just wanted to be leaner. I just wanted to look better. I wanted to love my body because that was something I always had dealt with was just not being satisfied. So I just, I got way too obsessed with it. I never actually had a full on like diagnosed eating disorder, but I always tell people like I had disordered eating. And from there, it's just been honestly a journey. Once I realized that like I had kind of gotten myself in this hole and I didn't want to go down that route, I didn't want to hurt myself. I didn't want to hurt my friends and my family. I, I slowly since then have just been kind of climbing out of this hole that I dug for myself and learning how to balance fitness and life and friends and food and be able to, being able to enjoy life and food, but also being able to have goals in the gym and not feeling guilty about meshing the two. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, it's crazy. Um, not only a lot of the people I interview, but I've been doing some research and I've been noticing more and more people are they have a time in their life, like you mentioned, where you become obsessed. And so I, I want to ask you, what, is, what do you think the biggest reason, because you're a coach now, what do you think the biggest reason or influence um, that people become so obsessed? Is it their friend groups? Is it their, you know, just wanting to look the best? Um, what do you think it really comes down to? I think there's a bunch of factors, but I think there's probably the two main things are, are one, social media. Um, thank goodness it's starting to head more in the direction of that whole balance and like self-development and people are really starting to look inward. I think we're at a very cool time in the fitness industry where we've been through these different phases. And w when I got in and when a lot of people got in was when it was very old school, like chicken and broccoli and you ate bear. And it was you, people are looking up to these, these influencers on social media and looking at what they eat. They're looking at their gym routine and they're looking at their lives and they try to replicate that because they want to look like them. So I think social media has a really, really big play on this and just society in general telling us that beautiful is lean, beautiful is fit, beautiful is as small as possible. But then also I think a big factor with it is the gym and and food are two things in our lives that we can have control of, especially if we are maybe in a time in our lives where we, where we are dealing with issues, if like life's getting hard and you're not really in control of your life, you can control the food you're eating. You can control yourself going to the gym and it feels good. It makes you feel better. It makes you look better. And when you do that and you start seeing progress, you kind of think to yourself, at least this, this is how it was for me. When I started seeing that progress, I, I was like, oh, well, I'm seeing progress. Like if I just eat a little bit less, I'll see more progress. If I go to the gym a little bit mm -hmm. longer, I'll see more progress. And I think a lot of times two people are just really looking for that quick fix and looking for results really, really fast. So people don't realize that, yeah, if you eat less, you may see the results faster, but you also can rebound so much bigger on the other side and it's not maintainable long-term. So yeah. I think that we're all kind of learning together because a lot of us, like you said, have been through this and have in, in our histories have gotten way too obsessed, but now social media is just allowing people to share their stories and people are sharing their stories more through things like podcasts and, and on Instagram and on YouTube and stuff. And because we're all speaking up and we're all talking about what we've been through, we're able to then help other people who maybe are just getting started in their fitness journey, not go down that path, which is why I love, that's like the beauty of social media and the beauty of people on it that are being vulnerable and being honest about their stories. I agree. And I also think that it comes down to the person itself, right? So for me, when I started my fitness journey, the first thing I wanted to do in my head was I wanted to get as big as possible. And I was like, okay, Wesley, this isn't going to happen. You're five foot nine, you're overweight. 
like these things are not meshing well. And um, I had to realize there was a process. And but what I also knew that it, it really comes down to the things you tell yourself, the way you look at yourself in the mirror and you having that balance and you realizing that like if you do become too obsessed, because I came to that point to where I was going to the gym two to three times a day. And I was even sitting there saying, Wesley, you're going to the gym at midnight. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> it, it wasn't that I was doing it for somebody else. I wasn't doing it to show off. I wasn't trying to be a different person. But when I started to see the results, I was like, okay, maybe I can lose a little bit more fat in this area and it'll make me look a little bit better. So I think it was a, like having a little bit more confidence in myself, but also realizing that balance. So I, I kind of want to ask you, when you were starting to get to the point where you were, you were super obsessed. Was there any uh, influence from maybe family members or friends or any reading or a podcast that you listened to or a YouTube video that like at that one point you were like, okay, this isn't going to work. Like I need to, to change things. Yeah, actually I can, I can tell you the exact moment. Like, and I will remember this forever. Um, so I actually, one of my friends at during the time actually had a legit eating disorder and she had just been hospitalized for it. So I was kind of watching her and I always was in denial that I even had any issues. I just was like, oh, I'm just super healthy. I'm just very into fitness. I just love fueling myself correctly, but I didn't, I wasn't educated. I didn't know what fueling myself correctly looked like. I just looked at Pinterest and it said, oh, eat this 1200 calorie all vegetable diet. And so I was, I just thought that's what health was. I wasn't educated. So I never thought that I had an issue an issue until I realized, um, like little things, like my friends would make comments, teachers. One time I got called into the office cause my guidance counselor said that they had had like not complaints, but just teachers were concerned cause they had seen that I had lost a lot of weight and just was just acting differently. But the moment I think that not, I think I know for sure, this is the moment that I, I made the decision I needed to change. And that I did actually have an issue was because I never actually had an eating disorder. Like I was never, I wasn't someone who like threw up or like didn't eat all day or I didn't have a cookie cutter definition eating disorder. So I thought I didn't have one. But I remember one night I had, I actually worked at an ice cream shop back in high school. And I remember I got home and I had had some of the ice cream and I was really upset with myself. And I actually tried to make myself sick. And this was the, I had never, ever even considered doing something like that because I was just healthy. I didn't have an eating disorder. I didn't have issues. But when I did that, it's like I fell into that category of bulimic. And I and I then had a title over me and I thought that I realized finally this is an issue. Like this is not okay. And I'm very prideful. I'm very independent and I'm a very strong person. I I know that. And in that moment, I remember literally looking at myself in the mirror being like, "Gabby, this is not you." You're not going to take the easy way out. You're not going to do this to your body. You love your body. You need to make a difference and you need to make a change. And so I kind of went with the whole, like, you got yourself here. You can get yourself out mentality. And yeah. for people listening who are going through problems with food or whatever, please go see a therapist. Please get professional help because it's now five years later. And it's like, I'm still trying to work out those issues and work it out. Um, and I could have saved a lot of time if I would have gone to a therapist and, um, and yeah, I just, I remember that was the moment when I finally decided, okay, you have an issue. This is not healthy. You need to find a way to make this like live your healthy lifestyle because you do love this, but also 
don't give up pizza on the weekends with your best friends. Mm-hmm. Do you think people are um, too scared to ask for help? You know, I, I think social media has definitely been a big influence to help others. But the one thing is, I'm looking back five years ago, I was, let's see, I was just graduating college. And if somebody was telling me, Wesley, go see a therapist, I would have probably told them to leave. Like, I don't need to see a therapist. Like, that's okay. Like, I'm perfectly fine. Do you think people are more scared to see their um, see their problem or ask for help, actually? Like, if you I, went back yeah. to yourself, what was that? I think that it was kind of a mixture of both. Definitely, I think once you see the problem and acknowledge it, especially in the if you're depressed or if you have anxiety, a lot of times you know that it's not really easy to deny because they're feelings that you have. Whereas yeah. when it comes to being too obsessed with like either working out or with food or whatever your your case may be, it's kind of hard to realize and gauge. Okay, where is that line? Am I am I doing this in a healthy way? And if you're seeing results and if you're feeling better about yourself, it's kind of hard to to really admit that it, you have a problem and you almost get, I always would get defensive when people would say something to me. Cause I'm like, well, who are you to say that? Like, I'm just very healthy. Like, why would you like, who are you to accuse me? Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I think when, once I realized that I did have an issue and acknowledged that it was a lot easier for me to, to talk about it and to, and to open up about it because I knew that I, I was an influence to people around me because a lot of people came to me for fitness advice and, and I didn't want other girls to go down the route that I had taken. So I think once I acknowledged my problem, it was a lot easier for me to then open up and ask for help. Yeah. There, there's a quote that I want to share with you. Um, I'm reading a book right now from Joe Dispenza and he talks a lot about the mind and our thoughts. And when I was sitting there reading this quote, I was like, man, this is what it really boils down to. Nowadays, at least, it's your internal state. And the quote is, can you accept the notion that once you change your internal state, you don't need the external world to provide you with a reason to feel joy, gratitude, appreciation, or any other elevated emotion? And I remember from our first talk, and we were talking about how, you know, the health and fitness industry, a lot of it is is internal. You have to focus on that before you focus on your external And I think that it's moving more towards that direction. But I also believe that five to 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot of people saying, hey, you need to fix your internal or, hey, you need to be confident in yourself to get to this level. It was, okay, let's, you know, fix your body. You know, you definitely want to have the right mindset, but now it's totally changed. And I think that, you know, just from hearing from you, it was probably a big uh, part of your growth was you know, the thoughts you were telling yourself and, and really seeing that journey as well. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's it right there. That was the biggest thing for me. And, and I think when you're kind of on a journey of recovery, if you've gone kind of take, taken to fitness, taken fitness too far, you, it's kind of unavoidable to realize that, okay, it isn't all about what I look like on the outside. I'm actually really struggling internally. And until I fix this, what's happening on the inside or what's happening up in your head, getting leaner and getting more fit or getting bigger. If you're a guy listening, that's not going to fix your internal problems. That's just going to fix what you look like on the outside. And that's only, that's only a mask for your, for your issues. And it wasn't until I realized that, that I kind of started going on this deep internal journey and really starting to focus on my internal health mentally and physically and learning that it's not about the aesthetics and chasing a number, whether that's 
a PR in the gym or a, a number on the scale or inches on your biceps, <laughs> whatever you're chasing, if you're just chasing those numbers, even when you hit them, you're going to find another thing wrong with your body. I can tell you from experience, I got to like very stage lean almost. And I still, I, I if I look back at pictures and it's, I, I looked amazing. Like I looked, I looked what like incredible, but in that moment I was still picking myself apart. I was still finding things to hate on and finding things that I didn't like because that's human nature. So using fitness as a tool is incredible, but you cannot use fitness as a cure to your problems. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I've never heard that before, but I appreciate you saying that. Um, the, the one last question I want to ask before we transition more into your coaching business and learning a little bit about that is if you were on stage and you had, you know, one last thing to say, you had a room full of people that were battling the same thing you were battling or they're, they're at the point where they're trying to figure out that balance and you could only say one thing to, to help them uh, before you, you left. What would be that one thing uh, that you would tell people? Yeah. I, and I use this all the time with my clients for people that are really struggling. Cause this is something that really, really helped me. Um, look at your life on a timeline and look at how old you are and think about being 85, 90 years old, sitting in a rocking chair, holding your loved one's hand, reminiscing on life, where, wherever you picture yourself at that age, just picture that and think back, think about, do you want to have any regrets? Do you want to live a life that you are not proud of or constantly chasing a body that you're never going to get or you're never going to be satisfied with? And think about your life like that because I don't think people really truly realize that we only get one life. We mm -hmm. only get one chance at this. And if you spend your entire existence focusing and pushing and trying your hardest every minute of every day to look a certain way, you're just going to be dissatisfied every single time. So my, my message to them would just be like, YOLO, you know, like really though, you only live once. Why would you want to want to spend it constantly worried about what you look like and wanting to chase a body instead of chasing um, happiness and true mm -hmm. fulfillment? So yeah, that would be kind of just, I love, I love kind of using a timeline and putting that in people's heads. And it is scary to think about, but it is true. Like look at your life on a timeline, kind of put your hand where you're at on that timeline and look at what you have left. And it's like, how do you want to spend that? It's also in life too. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, not even just in fitness, um, looking at that and saying like, Hey, do I want to be healthy to the point to where, you know, I'm 35 or 40 and I'm having kids. Like, and do they want to see me this way? Or do they want to see me eating this extra tub of ice cream? Um, that's the way I kind of like, and I'm glad you answered it that way. Cause I kind of look at myself like that. Yes, I have balance. Yes, I enjoy uh, margaritas and, and queso and all those kind of things that are just great. Um, but uh, there's also a point where I'm like, how would my kids think of me? Or how would my wife think of me if I was just, eating all this crap food and being lazy. So um, I, I want to, like I said, transition more in towards your coaching business because I know it's something you're super passionate about. You've been able to help so many people all around the world. Um, so I want to learn a little bit about what your main focus is. What I've noticed is a lot of health coaches have a niche. They have an area where they're uh, really confident about. They, they really focus on that one area. So I want to hear, do you kind of have that? If not, um, what do you operate and how do you work your, your coaching business? 
Yeah. So I actually just recently transitioned. I was kind of just the basic, like I am a personal, I'm a certified personal trainer and I would just kind of give people, I'd give them macros and I'd give them workouts and I'd help them reach their goal body. Like I was just helping them again, chase their goal bodies. And it wasn't until I was really enlightened on just this whole idea of not chasing a goal body and truly like, and if you want to be happy, you have to look inward and you have to focus on the self-development and you have to work on growing inside before you can fully be satisfied on the outside. And so when I started personally doing that and started investing in myself and started listening to podcasts, doing the morning routines, like really like reading books and diving into self-development, that's when I saw the biggest and most amazing shift in myself, my mind, my body, everything. And I, and I thought like, I can't, I can't lie to my clients anymore. Like I want to promote what I want to promote, which is self-development and personal growth with a clash of fitness as well. So I, I meshed them and I, and I was scared at first because I remember the first, I've always done challenges, like challenges were my thing when I started in, in the fitness industry. And I, and I decided I don't want to do challenges anymore because this shouldn't be a challenge. Like this, this should be a lifestyle. It should be a change of mind. It shouldn't be a six week challenge that you do and then you're done. So I, I kind of stepped away from that and I really transitioned my business into personal development coaching with fitness and whatever fitness means to you. I stopped giving people the, my cookie cutter workouts and I, and I asked them, how do you like working out? How do you like moving your body? And if they said, I don't like going to the gym, like I'd rather work out at home or like go outside, then I would help that I would help cater to that because I didn't want to force people to think of fitness in a specific way. I wanted them to have the creative mind to do it in whatever way felt best for them. So I've really transitioned my coaching to just be more internally focused, but also still having an emphasis on the health and fitness in a healthier way. Yeah. I really like that because most coaches don't. And, you know, you're taking the time to really focus on like, I know what they also want to do. You know, yesterday I, I don't know the person, but I was in an LA fitness and I was watching a trainer train this guy. He had no enthusiasm. He had no care. He, the guy was working out and he was just standing there, maybe putting on a five pound weight and just staring into the world. And I sat there and I was like, this is upsetting. Like I almost wanted to go up to this guy afterwards and say, Hey man, I would love to like help train you. You don't even have to pay me just so I can actually see your growth. Cause what I'm seeing is somebody that is just getting paid by his company. He's not really caring and he's just putting on whatever weight and you know, he's a, the guy's a trainer. He works at an LA fitness. It's totally different than what you're doing, but it made me realize that it really comes down to, it does come down to the trainer or the coach. You know, I hired a coach, um, that has changed my life and I hired him a few months back. And a lot of my friends and family members were like, Wesley, you don't need a coach. Like why, you know what you're doing. And, and I told them, I was like, it's not about that. I don't know what I'm doing. Is to have that accountability partner. Is to have that person that um, really cares about my goals and asks me, "What are you trying to accomplish?" And if I give him a goal and he thinks like, "What's the reasoning of that goal? Like, why do you want to get to that?" So it really gets down to the nitty gritty. And so I want to ask you, somebody that um, say you meet somebody at the gym or or you you know a friend of a friend, what is your first thing you kind of talk to them about. Um, I know we talk a lot about the internal things, but somebody that could be a potential client for you, 
what would be the first thing that you want to focus on? Yeah. So with my clients and with anyone that joins, whether it's group coaching or even I do business coaching too. And it's the same thing. And it is like you said, what your coach asks you, it's like, why do you want to do this? What are your goals? But then I take the the biggest step is taking it that step further. Cause you could say, Oh, I want to lose weight. I want to look good for Mm -hmm. spring break. I want to look good on vacation. That's fine. But why do you want to look good on vacation? Is it because you feel uncomfortable in your body right now? Or is it because you want to get healthier and you want to then maintain it afterwards and you want to start this journey? And so then I can kind of gauge from their why, kind of where they're at in their internal journey. If it's like they're still really struggling with their their body image or if they're really struggling with food, I can tell just from reading their like intake form that I have created and I can really see where they're at in that personal journey. And then from there, we kind of create a plan to really tackle the root of the problem instead of just masking it with more workouts and less food. Because yeah, that may get you the physical results really fast, but trust me, in four weeks, you're going to be rebounding back and then it's just going to be a continuous cycle. So I like helping people get to the root of the problem. And 99% of the time, the root of the problem is up in their heads. It's not Mm -hmm. (laughs) what they're eating or what their workout routine looks like. Yep. I agree so much. Um, for, for the clients that you've helped and, uh, for friends, you know, anybody that, you know, if, if you could have a few things that like you keep hearing, right. I know, you know, this might be an answer that you've already said, but, um, what are some of the main points that you hear from your clients? Maybe their struggles or maybe things that um, you focus a lot on. Because I think with a coach and a trainer, you know, we, we hear the same things. Um, but now with the world changing a little bit and we're seeing different focuses and social media and all this, like what are the main things you hear, I guess, from your clients? If you could compile up a few yeah. that... Um, you try to change at least. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually really cool right now. I'm doing group coaching and I love it so much just because the group is so infectious with each other. Like in the, in the group chat, people are helping each other and it's, it's amazing. And I asked them, I kind of give them a prompt every day and it's different every day. But actually yesterday, the question I asked them, like, what are you guys still struggling with? Like, even though we're five weeks in and we've done a lot of work and you guys are making incredible improvements, what are you still struggling with? And I see common themes depending on people's age and depending on people's like situations. I work with a lot of college girls. So if for that kind of area and that group, their, their biggest issue is that whole idea of balance and, and their friends not understanding or their friends being like, you're boring now. Why do you want to work out instead of go out? Or like, why can't you just come get drinks every night with us? You know, they get a lot of judgment. That's a big issue. I think with the fitness industry and just people like their support systems, I guess that not supporting their goals and supporting their, um, their lifestyle changes. And then also I work with a few moms and a few like older, not older women, but like middle-aged women who are kind of going through, um, I mean, similar issues, but with their families and just trying to balance being a mom, being at school or being at work, being a human being and all of those things that we have to do. So that kind of balance between how do I have health, fitness, internal goals, but then also have a family, have a husband, have all of these other things and not feel like I'm being selfish for taking time to myself. I think that's a really big theme I'm seeing currently right now with my girls is they feel like they're being selfish when they are working on their internal journeys or when they're just pouring energy into themselves. 
but I have my favorite quote of all time. And I don't know who even said it. I might've even made it up, but it's just an idea. It's not even a quote. It's an idea. It's the idea that you cannot help others if you are not helping yourself. And that I, I say it probably every single day because it's so true. If you're not helping yourself and you're not investing in yourself and you're not put, like putting energy into yourself, then you're not going to be able to put energy into others. And you're not going to show up as your best self for your family, for your friends, for your loved ones. And so it's not selfish to take to take your own journey um, more seriously. And it's not selfish to take time to yourself because you doing that is actually going to help you better provide for the people around you and show up as your best self for them. I agree. It's uh, it's something I think you hear on an airplane as well in a different sense, but it's like you... You can't uh, put the, I don't know, the mask the oxy- yeah, on oxygen. someone else before you put it on yourself. Like, that's the first thing I could think of because, like, and it's true. You know, you got to help yourself before you can help somebody else. You can't try to help them at that one point and then you're sitting there dying, you know? Exactly, um, exactly. Like, that's not going to do too much. So that's crazy. You know, one of the things that I learned my, my last few months has been wild. It's been a journey. It's kind of why I started the podcast. Because what I realized was is people all have a journey. They all have a story, a message, something that um, has inspired them or has helped them help other people. But I also love hearing about the challenges. I think that challenges are what make us. Our sufferings are our point in our life where we're at our, our worst point to create something amazing. So I want to ask you, you know, battle scars, they're attractive. Things in our life that we're, we're at a point to where we're just, we've hit rock bottom and we've overcome that. What has been your biggest battle scar along your journey that you've learned from the most to get you to where you are today? I would say for me, it's going back to my senior year of high school and because that's kind of where it all started. And that's a scar that I will carry with me till the day I die. Like if you have ever had an eating disorder or disordered eating or just had a troubled relationship with food, um, it's something that you can work so hard on and improve on like incredibly, but it's always going to be there, even just the slightest bit in the back of your head. So for me, I think the biggest thing has just been learning how to be okay with eating the foods I love and being able to do it in a healthy and balanced way and do being able to still make mistakes and maybe go overboard in one direction, whether I'm eating too restrictive or if I'm eating too much junk food and being able to always come back to center and realize that I'm on a journey and that even though I'm a coach and that I'm helping others with their journey every single day, like I just said, if I don't help myself and if I don't put myself first, I'm not going to be able to then give to my clients and give to my platform and give to my audience. So being able to remember that I've been through a lot with my personal journey and I need to remember that and I need to honor that and realize that it's still a continuous battle every single day. Even though I post about food freedom and I post about balance and I post about all these things and people kind of look at me on social media and think, oh my gosh, like how does she have this all figured out? Like she's so inspiring, so motivational, but like, I still have problems. Like I still have issues. I still struggle. And I really try and show that on my social media because I mean, like you said, we all have battle scars. We all have battle wounds and they, they don't go away. They're always going to be a part of us. And we just have to learn every day how to deal with them better. And then also how we can help others who have been through similar things. And, and yeah, it's, 
I think that my journey when I was a senior in high school, that's when it started. And as much as it sucks to say, I really am happy that I have been, I did go through that because I wouldn't be able to help and relate to girls and guys as much as I do. And I wouldn't be able to have the business and the platform that I do today if I hadn't have been through that. So while it, while yes, it's a scar and yes, it's something I still struggle with every single day, I'm thankful for it. And I think that's a big, a big point to make that I've, I've kind of found gratitude in my journey and I found gratitude in my struggles and I found gratitude in the fact that I've been through things because then it allows me to be a better mentor and be a better coach. Exactly. And I think that the word that immediately comes to mind is vulnerability and being vulnerable is where I think social media is actually helping the most. You know, you're able to, to talk about your, your faults, your struggles, your challenges, and you're able to, to show people that and to have a few messages come in and say, Hey, I'm dealing with the same thing. Like, thank you so much for, for helping me. That's where inspiration comes in. It's not the motivational factor. And I'm sure you've, you've had that happen to where, you know, you've talked to your clients or you went on social media and said, Hey guys, this is what I struggled with. And, or even, Hey guys, I'm struggling. Like I need help and having people come in and, and are there to help, you know, you're being vulnerable, you're being authentic. And, uh, that's what I love about social media. And I've seen it more and more with the people I interview with the people I talk to is that being a, a big part of their growth is just opening up and, uh, speaking on certain problems and, and certain issues and battle scars, you know, things that were challenges for you. So I just want to say thank you for being that person because we need more people like that that are sharing that kind of message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's it is essential, and especially if you're someone looking to grow your platform and grow your business, it's. I mean, people connect to people and they connect to stories. So if you're not already telling your story, I suggest you start today. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, somebody, because uh, I'm going to ask you, somebody that's struggling. You know, they they want to make a video or. Um, you know, this is right when LinkedIn actually started becoming really big, where you would start seeing more videos, more content driven. If they're at the point where they want to share their story, um, how do they kind of, how do they do that if they've never done that before? Do they reach out to somebody? Like, have you had anybody ever ask you like, hey, I want to tell my story, but I'm too nervous? Oh, 100%. I think, I think the biggest thing, if you, if you want to do that, you need to have a conversation with yourself, sit down and kind of get to the bottom of why have I not already done this? And I bet you the answer is fear. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's it's normal to be fearful. I mean, I still write captions and make posts that I'm like, hesitant to click send on. And then I'm like, okay, and I it's it's okay. Like, and I always get good feedback. And it's great. And that's something that if you're going to go into this industry, and you're going to go into like the helping people and being vulnerable and sharing your story, you have to be able to conquer that fear. And I promise you, once you click post or once you hit send or whatever you do, you feel like this weight is lifted off your chest. And the response is 99% of the time so positive because you don't realize how many, many, how many people have been through similar things as you and are so appreciative for you sharing your story when they maybe don't have the courage to do so. And they can connect to that. And that's how you make those connections. That's how you land clients. That's how you make a business of coaching and of just being a provider is sharing your story because people, people connect to that. Yeah, that's great. Um, and more people need to do that. They just need to, but then again, you just have to have that comfortability. And, you know, if you really want to tell the world something, do it. 
you know, do it in the best way you possibly can because you never know the reactions, the people that are going to be there to help you. So yeah. ha- has there been like a daily habit or anything that, um, do you have a certain morning routine that kind of maybe helps you out or something you do every day that, um, you, you implement for your life? Yeah. So for me, morning routine is, is huge. I, I don't have a, I mean, I always make my bed. That's the one thing that is like, it's like, a, it's just a habit at this point, but I, I, and I tell this to my clients and I'm going to tell this to you guys listening. If you are trying to get into the routine of something or find something that helps you with making a habit, I would say start really, really small and remember that you can just do one thing. You don't have to have this elaborate hour long step-by-step routine. It's, it can be just one thing for yourself. So my like daily habit that has literally changed my life is doing one thing for myself every single day. Literally, it could just be stopping, stopping for 30 seconds and just breathing or even just like putting on some makeup and making myself look pretty, like doing things that make me feel good, but not feeling like I have to do everything. So just kind of really simplifying it and thinking, okay, what is one thing that I can do for myself? And, and then doing that because sometimes you don't have time to do everything and make it this crazy like routine. And it's, it's more about finding um, something that you can stick to. And just maybe that, that day, it's like asking yourself, kind of checking in with yourself and being like, okay, what do I need today? What can I do right now to honor myself and to make myself feel better? Yeah, I agree. Um, so for 2019, you know, we're, we're about to we're about to hit that. So the question won't be asked too many more times, but, um, <laughs> I want to ask you for 2019, anything, anything, uh, coming up, I guess, for the new year that you're super excited about any new programs, any challenges that are, that our guests can hear about as well? Yeah. So I actually am starting, um, business coaching. I'm going to do, well, I have a course just, it's not coaching with me, but a course that's a lot cheaper. I know coaching with business coaching can be thousands and thousands of dollars. So I wanted to create an affordable course for people looking to do what we do, like creating a podcast or creating an Instagram platform or just creating something. Um, it doesn't even have to be fitness related, just creating a service-based or product-based business using social media. So I've created a course. It's six weeks. It's only $99. Um, if you get it December 27th, it's only $79. Um, and then in the new year, it's going to be 99. So there's that. And then I'm also going to do some business group coaching, but that's going to be very, very small. It's like, I'm going to do like five to eight people. So it's going to be very, very exclusive. But other than that, if you're more interested in wanting to get help with the actual health and like self-development side, I do group coaching and it opens four times a year. So just follow me on like my socials and you'll be able to hear about when my group coaching enrollment is open. I think the next one's going to open um, like spring, probably early, early March or late February is when we're going to do the next round. So if you want to get in on an awesome group of girls and evolve your life, then you can do evolve your life group coaching with me. That's awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear about it, how it goes for you because 2019, I'm already thinking it's going to be an amazing year for everybody. It's, it's at a point to where we're learning more, we're growing more. Um, so I think social media and, and your coaching is going to be a big help to, to anyone that's interested. So anyone listening to this, make sure we'll actually provide a link. So, uh, Gabby, if there's anything that you want to share with us as well, I'll make sure to put it in the podcast so people can check you out, but where can, uh, where can our guests find you on social? Yeah. So you guys can find me on Instagram is where I'm most active. It's just at Gabby mail. 
And then um, my website, if you're interested in coaching or programs or anything like that, it's just www.gabbymail.com. So super easy. Um, that's, I kind of just, those are the two areas I stick to most is just Instagram. And I mean, I have a YouTube, I'm not as active as I used to be on it, but everything is basically just Gabby mail. If you type it into Google, you'll find all my links. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Gabby, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show, uh, being vulnerable, being open and authentic and real. Um, we always appreciate that here at the fitness journey because we want others to know that there, there is a journey, there is a message and to be able to share that is something so inspiring. So I just want to say thank you for, for being that person and, uh, and helping out with the growth of the podcast as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. It was a, a great way to start my Thursday morning. <laughs> there you go. Well, you have a great rest of your day. We will talk soon and, uh, have an amazing new year. Thank you. You too. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Fitness Journey Podcast with Wesley Bear. Don't forget to join us next time for another episode. Thank you for listening. And remember, commit to be fit.